And we're off to a strong start. It's a good thing that I took a couple days off and really addressed the concerns of the studio space and make sure that I was rejuvenated and had all the strength I need to bring you guys the news that you so desperately want. So luckily that vacation has worked out and now we're flawless. There will never be an error on the Run Your Mouth podcast again. Uh, so upcoming shows, you, you know, go find them online. Steamboat, that's going to be a blast. That is next weekend and then this weekend uh, near Philly which a bunch with a bunch of other comics. Uh, for those of you living out in the Colorado area, you haven't actually seen any of my stand-up yet. I'll probably be doing, uh, I would guess, about 20 minutes on that show, if not more. And then last time I was up there, I was uh, really impressed by all the people that were up there, uh, you know, slinging jokes. I felt like they had a fun local scene. All right, so let's get into the news. As I said, I've been away for a couple of days, so we've got a lot of important topics to address. Uh, first thing we're going to address on the show is find out why Russians are trying to stuff the rubles back into ATM machines, why Putin's daughters have said they will no longer attend international orgies, and if Fauci's media absence is due to disruptions in the global supply chain of blood, baby blood. It's true. Nobody's seen them for a little while, and uh, it might be that our world leaders can't get the baby blood they need. Now, this was a headline from uh, over the weekend that the Israel prime minister went to uh, meet Putin in Moscow. Uh, he figured, you know, the Israelis were like, listen, no one knows bad neighbors better than us. Like, you want to figure out how you can be dealing with some bad neighbors? We're here. I'm going to help you out. Uh, and then the warning to them was like, there's going to need some, you're going to need supplies. If you're going to be occupying another country for a long time, you're going to need supplies. And we know that it looks fun. Uh, but you're going to need a lot of equipment from the U.S. You're going to need a lot of funding from the U.S. if you think you're going to successfully occupy your neighbors for a long period of time. So you might just be going about this the wrong way. That was essentially uh, their advice. Then, if you haven't seen it, there's reports that media outlets assess Moscow's new reporting law. So Moscow, they're cracking down on the uh, freedom of information in that country. And just to explain it, because it is a little bit complicated what the new laws are, uh, essentially, the newer laws are that the Russian media companies, they got to behave, they got to do what CNN's doing. Basically, they got to better represent their deep state. They got to push for wars. They got to be out there saying things like, uh, listen, we're fighting in Ukraine because uh, Putin's making our lives better. And, you know, he's uh, getting rid of uh, the Nazis and he's using real soldiers to make sure that they don't invade us. And then you just got to get an expert. You need like whoever the Russian Fauci is. You need like their version of the Russian Fauci. And then, you know, he just has to get up there and say things were like, if it weren't at war, it'd be very bad for our health. Very bad. So we need to be at a level of less Ukrainian Nazis. The current levels are too high. But if we can get to a more balanced level of Ukrainian Nazis, uh, that then, then we can not have to be at war over there. Then, of course, you've got the State Department. This is from Zero Hedge. State Department officials warn President Xi will face serious consequence if China helps Moscow avoid sanctions, which is uh, we're, we're really it's a winning strategy here where it's like we're going to bully everyone, but everyone still needs to be our friend and use our payment system. So we're going to yell at everybody, but still make sure to be using our currency and our payment systems. Uh, we might be playing a losing game here. I don't know how far we can push everyone else before they go, wait, why the hell are we using U.S. dollars? And why are we using uh, all of, uh, you know, the American payment systems? Why don't we just buy stuff from one another and cut America out of it? Hey, you've got oil and I've got currency. 
Why don't I just give you the currency and you just give me the oil? Why am I going through the U.S. and going with their dollars and their payment systems? Might be playing with fire here. Then this was from Week magazine. They said that nearly seven in 10 Americans support Russian sanctions, even if energy prices jump, which uh, it isn't as amazing that the our overlords have convinced us to donate to the war effort. It, you know, like the same way of the patriotism of wearing your mask, people are going to be going to the store and being like, you know, it cost me $35 for this gallon of milk and $76 to feed my kids noodles with ketchup. But we're just doing our part to try and help the people of Ukraine. All right, let's take a couple of comments here. It's going nuts in the chat. Only been away for a day or two. People are going wild. I, you sleep with Lewis. I bet he put you on the network or at least buy you better internet. You know, it's not the worst advice. People, they hit me up. They try and give me advice for what we could do to improve the show. And uh, sleeping with Lewis, it's not the worst advice. All right, Dr. Scotty Jones, asses as in more than one ass. Dr. Scotty Jones, I hope you get all the asses you've ever been looking for in life. Pushing everyone else together to oppose the U.S. It could be. All right. The other thing that we've been hearing quite a bit of in terms of what's going on with Russia, there was an interesting article in the Wall Street Journal over the weekend. It was the two blunders that caused the Ukrainian war. So for the first half of the article, the guy's just talking about how uh, Putin's rational man trying to say, hey, I don't want NATO here. I want my borders. But then he also ventured into the territory. Here's a direct quote. Mr. Putin sees himself messianically, Mr. Service says, as a leader come to deliver Russia to its destiny. And if this is true, then isn't this the greatest argument against world governments that you might end up with these people who think that they're from God and that they need to uh, bomb everyone for no reason? That might be a really good reason why uh, we need to figure out how to have less governments and less of a possibility for single individuals to run massive state budgets and have access to nuclear warheads. And I don't believe this whole Putin's uh, Putin's the, the son of God, sees himself as some Jesus character, and that it's very important to him that he leaves Russia in a uh, more dominant world position after wars that he can't win. That the whole thing makes no sense to me. If you guys have insight into this, because I got, I got some smart friends who are thinking this way, people that have given me some good tips with this, uh, that Putin identifies himself not as a individual or as somebody who just really likes being wealthy and powerful, but he was actually raised by the KGB. And so he sees himself as the person who needs to advance, like he's got this love for Russia and somehow Russia is better off if it's expanding. It's like this alien entity that only feels satisfied as an expansionary creature. And so until it's until Russia has been elevated to the status of it, of it, of it, its expansionary nature, it will never feel satisfied. I don't understand why Russia would be viewed as like this entity that needs to, I, I don't understand it, but maybe you guys do. And then you can email me robsnewsman at gmail.com or read it. And I'll go, okay, that makes sense. And then there was this other article that Russia pulled the sneaky sneaky on them where he's like, listen, we'll help you guys, you know, uh, escape your country and we'll give you these safe corridors where as long as you're traveling these routes, you can get out. And then apparently they were saying that they only led to Belarus and Russia. But then, like, if you guys are already going to kind of coordinate about how you're going to fight war, can you just do it in some big open field somewhere so that you don't have to destroy buildings? Or is there like some sort of a equivalent to like the Black Lives Matter signs that you can put it up your window so that like when people are riding and looting something like I like Russian lives 
in the military that were just conscripted and don't even want to be fighting a war here and pretended like they just showed up to go teach some math classes matter. And then when that guy shows up, maybe they don't bomb your building. They'll bomb everyone else's building, but then they'll leave your building alone. Like, can't you just coordinate to go fight in a field so that the buildings don't have to get destroyed? Same as the civilians don't have to get destroyed. War is such a weird game where it's like, we're going to see it's a game of how many young men your country can kill. I'm sorry. I said that backwards. It's a game of we're going to both put our young men to die. And it's a question of how good your young men are killing it are good. Are your young men better at killing our young men than we are? And how many young men do you have to sacrifice in the process? It's like, we've decided we're both going to like, we're exchanging pain on one another. And so what is the good that we're willing to, uh, put put against one another it's young men it's not we're, we're going to try and keep buildings intact hospitals intact women and children we've all agreed on that but young men we can see we're both willing to see we're both willing to sacrifice young men so now it's just a question of who has more that they can sacrifice and how good your young men are at killing our young men like it's a weird thing who sat down at a table and they're like all right we're going to decide <laughs> We're going to decide an argument here, but here's how we're going to decide it. There's something strange to the approach. Senator Lindsey Graham, of course, said that uh, we someone in Russia should just kill Putin. Then people got real pissed at him, which doesn't really make sense. This is those weird things about, I guess, the rules of war. Everyone's going, hey, what Putin's doing is the most evil thing in the entire world. We can't stand for what Putin's doing. And if only there was a solution, but we don't want him to go away. We'd hate for someone else to kill him. It makes no fucking sense. All right. And then I just thought that this was funny. And this is going to be the last thing about uh, what's going on in uh, Russia. Uh, but there was an article in Week magazine. The U.S. has moved a massive amount of arms into Ukraine since Russia invasion. But the window is closing. I hate this. The window is closing. I've commented on it before. It's like someone just watched Back to the Future with that scientist. He's like, the, the, we, we got it. The quantum fabulator. The window is closing. If we don't move now, you'll never be able to have sex with your own mother. We need you to go. Come on. So, uh, but what blew my mind about this picture is that you've got this giant truck getting onto the biggest plane I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, and I think about the travel when I have to travel, I get the world's smallest seat. You get guys with giant elbows. I'm not very good at taking over the armrest. Maybe I got to like go to a jujitsu class where you learn how to angle your elbow into the armrest to, to, to better maneuver out that guy's elbow, where you let them know right off the bat, hey, listen, I'm the alpha in this row, and so I am taking over that armrest. Because there there's politics, because usually what ends up happening is like I get up to make some space for the other guy to get into his seat, and then he just plops himself down, and he takes over both armrests, and I'm like, well, I guess that's his armrest now. And I don't feel like that's the way that the armrest should be settled. I should be going to war with the other people on these on these planes that just think that they're the aggressor who just think that they can just claim the armrest without a conversation. I'd be okay with rocks, paper, scissors, shoot. You want to come right off the bat and we do rocks, paper, scissors, shoot for who gets to armrest? Or you want to try and go, hey, I'm going to take this area of the armrest, but you can take that area of the armrest. I feel like there's a better way to go about it other than just who's the most aggressive sits down, plops down their elbow, claims it. Maybe, maybe I start bringing a little flag, a little, a little flag where I stamp it onto the armrest and I go, that's my armrest now. Uh, anyways, I was thinking about how much I spend 
to be on a plane and it's a war of inches for how much space that you can even have within that little thing that the allocated as being your space. And then you think about the war movies you've seen and how much equipment you have moving around. You don't even really consider the fact that they have to get it there. Like, and this is just one truck. If you just look at that one truck being one piece of equipment in the biggest plane you've ever seen in your life, I guess like even if they can just pretend like we're going to have wars and then not have wars and go to countries and then leave countries, even that alone, people must make so much money off of it. That's what I should become a military logistics company where it, that's it. It's just hokey pokey, move the equipment in and out. And then for anyone who was missing uh, Trump lately, he joked that uh, the U.S. military should just put the Chinese flag on F-22 stealth bombers bomb the shit out of Russia, say China did it, we didn't do it, China did it, and then sit back and watch as Russia and China start fighting. Uh, and it must have been a lot of fun just sitting down with Trump when he's throwing out creative ideas at meetings. People are like, hey, listen, we're having an issue with uh, with childhood education. Have you tried tanning the kids? I know, I think much better after tan. Maybe what we got to do, we got to put tanning beds into schools. We start tanning the kids, okay? I feel like if the kids were tan, they'd probably, they, they wouldn't even need to be smart, okay? Once you're tan, you feel good about yourself. That's all you need. And then there was this uh, headline in the Hill that Trump border wall breached thousands of times by smugglers. And if you're Trump, you must just be sitting there and go, can you just go around the wall? Okay, why are you going to make me look bad? There's so many areas without a wall. Just, just go around, okay? I left so much space. You can just pretend like my wall works. And that is all that I have in regards to uh, Trump and Russia and the invasions. Maybe there will be actual more new news to come out out of this. And uh, before we move into our next topic, why not plug one of our fantastic sponsors, SheathUnderwear.com. Use promo code RYM. You get 20% off. If uh, you're going to be doing, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I was trying to think of a flight activity, but it didn't come to me. So we'll just go with the classics here. If you're exercising and you don't want your nuts and dick flopping all over the place, Crashing into your legs uh, with sweaty balls. You wear yourself some sheet thumb with promo code RYM. You get 20% off. It keeps your dick in place, keeps your balls in place, keeps everything cool, calm, and collected. And uh, you've been hurt. Have you not tried sheath yet? I'm, I'm going to start hitting fans if I find out it shows. I'm going to start doing a sheath check. Be like, hey, open up your underwear. You got your sheath on. And then if you're like, I don't have your sheath on, I'll be like, uh, I don't know. It'll be like the circle game. You can't do that because it's racist, and I'll give you a nice little dead arm. Because when was the last time you got, to, you got to give a friend a dead arm? That That's like a, a lost art form of seeing a friend and being able to give them a, just a nice punch in the arm. You grow out of that in life. I kind of miss punching friends in the arm. So I consider you guys my friends, and there's no more of a platform for me to be able to punch random people in the arm. So from now on, if you're sheathless, you're getting a dead arm. New policy. I'm threatening fans to be more supportive of the sponsors. RYM, promo code RYM, 20% off. Now, here is uh, DeSantis. He had a little something to say about Fauci. Let's give it a listen. Think about what they've done. Fauci is in the witness protection program now. They don't want him out. They no. They they've never supported any. If you if you listen to them, they never supported all these policies that were so destructive. Now it's like you know we all want to be like Florida all of a sudden, and nothing has changed. There's been no change in the underlying science. The ineffectiveness of those policies was apparent long ago. 
So everyone's kind of been talking about this. Where is Fauci? What happened to the good old Fauci on the news on a daily basis? Just letting us know that as long as we stayed home, didn't leave our lives, got masked and boosted our kids, we could be safe and survive the coronavirus. I don't feel safe without Fauci on the news, without this one source of information, letting us know how we can live our lives and survive. I don't, I don't know how to approach my life anymore. I don't know what diseases I can and can't get. So I was doing some digging to try and figure out if this was true, that Fauci hasn't made any media appearances. I did, however, find one recent article with Fauci. It's from uh, The Telegraph. And who knows? Maybe this is a pre-tape. Maybe they knew that Fauci was going to go into hiding because he couldn't get the baby blood he needed from Russia because that's where the vamp other vampires live. And so he wouldn't be strong enough to be able to get on the news and lie to us. It takes a lot of energy in order to be able to do that. Maybe he knew all that. And so he's been doing pre-tapings and these things are going to come out. So this is from The Telegraph. The headline is, War in Ukraine could lead to devastating tuberculosis problem, warns Anthony Fauci, which of course makes you think, well, Fauci, what were you doing in the labs over there? What, what were you doing in the labs over there that we got to be nervous about tuberculosis? All right, here's a quote. We have not used cutting edge technology on it, and we have a lot of people who are not interested in the field of TV because of TB, because there's been this somewhat inappropriate mindset. It's been around for a long time, and we do have the BCG vaccine, he told The Telegraph. And so at the beginning of corona, when people are like, hey, we've got these other things, or when people were like, hey, well, how come we're so concerned with corona when it's similar to flu, or you got these TB numbers? So now Fauci's like, well, we've got new technology. What's the new technology? I'm pretty sure he's just talking about locking you in your home and making you wear a vaccine, which that's not really new technology. I guess we could have been preventing diseases forever if we just kept people at home, except it turns out it doesn't even work. New York Times did a whole article today talking about, well, they were talking about in the rate of infection, that for the rate of infection, it was very clear looking at the evidence, except they were trying that the areas that followed these policies, like masking and the six feet and all that other nonsense, did not see any better results. But you know why, according to them? Omicron, which is why we changed. It was because Omicron became so infectious that these things that were helping no longer continue to help. I don't know if the evidence supports that, but that was the New York Times spin. Anyways, let's continue. We're at the point in this one. Oh, no, no, this is moving on. So uh, this is uh, Fauci is claiming that we've got we can start using our scientific principles that work so well in combating uh, COVID and applying it to things like tuberculosis. All right, here is another quote. I don't think this was Fauci, though. I should have taken better notes of where this quote was from. We're at a point in this one where there clearly has been a lot of fatigue for many people. We have a conflict in Ukraine that's getting a lot of attention, and that's going to be the number one priority right now for the administration. I believe this was an ex-CDC director uh, talking about why they're moving on from talking about corona so much. And it's, uh, of course, it's this thing called corona fatigue, where, you know, people are sick of us saving their lives. We did such an amazing job saving people's lives, but they're just, they're fatigued with it. And so we're going to take a break from saving their lives until, uh, you know, so many people start piling up dead that they realize that we were worth listening to. It sounds to me like you just didn't, weren't doing things that worked. If you were doing things that worked, we would continue to do it. Everyone would go, wow, this is working. When, when, when you're doing things that don't work, you can only bullshit people for so long where they go, Hey, I think you're bullshitting us. And then you get to come out and go, Oh, they're just, uh, they're getting fatigued with, 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 cause it's bullshit. If it worked, no one would be fatigued. If every time I listened to a stock advisor, it made me money. I wouldn't go, Oh, I'm fatigued on that. If every time I ate cake, it didn't taste good. I wouldn't go, Hey, I'm, I'm tired of cake. If every time I went to the gym, 
right? I, I, I just got fatter and less in shape. I wouldn't go to the gym. People don't get fatigued with things that work. When you get up and you go, oh, they're fatigued, it's because what you're saying is there was no evidence that it worked. All right, moving on. Getting fired up. Uh, all right, before we move on to the next topic, because look at that, we're, we're flying through this. Uh, let's take a couple comments. We've got uh, Omega. What does Omega got to say? Malice models is sheath under. Whip it out, Robbie. Commit to the sale. You know what? When 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 sheath comes up with the bigger bucks, well, I'll do all. Uh, I'll model. I'll model some sheath underwear. I'd love to be a male underwear model. Whoever thought that that would be my career? But you know, uh, it's not like Malice did that for free. I love sheath. I am 100% team sheath. I wear sheath 24/7. I've already said it. You come see me at a gig. I'll show off my sheaths. We can make that. We can make a sheath culture. I'll show off my sheaths. You show off your sheath. Next thing you know, the women come out to the show are like getting it all turned on because they're like, man, everyone's got nice dicks because we're wearing sheath, which props up your dicks. So we're going to create a new culture where it's okay to whip it out at your shows as long as you're wearing the sheaths, which make it look good because that's the issue. Women just don't like it when you whip it out and it doesn't look good. And there's no way to know that until you showed it to them. And that's how you get yourself in trouble. But as long as you're wearing the sheath and then you know it looks good, then they'll never not be happy. And there's no way this is legal to say. All right, here we go. Dirty Mike. Did Fauci die? Haven't seen him. I know. That's what I'm trying to say. Endurance NE coming in, letting me know that he's laughing his ass off. All right, let's continue. Next topic. Report. Former Trump chief of staff, Mark Meadows, may have committed voter fraud, which is great because then he actually was able to prove that there was voter fraud. For a while, you know, all the CNNs, these liberals were going, no evidence of voter fraud, which wasn't even nuanced enough. There's always voter fraud. It's just a level of how much voter fraud. But now look at this. There's also, there's such irony in this. The guy who was claiming there was voter fraud actually did voter fraud. Here, I'll read it to you. I'll read the voter fraud that he did because uh, at least the allegation, it's, uh, I mean, this wasn't enough voter fraud to change an election, but it's, it, it might've been voter fraud. Mark Meadows, who quit his North Carolina congressional seat to become former president, Donald Trump's White House chief of staff in March, 2020, registered to vote for the 2020 election using the address of rural North Carolina mobile home he never lived in. And according to its former owner, never slept at. North Carolina's WRAL reported Monday night, Meadows voted by mail from Alexandria, Virginia in 2020, but he's still registered at North Carolina rental home registered using a residence you have never stated constitutes voter fraud in North Carolina and providing false information on your voter registration form is a federal crime. Meadows was a prominent critic of mail-in voting in 2020 and a vocal proponent of Trump's false uh, uh, post-election voter fraud claims. But there's something great about this that he proved, right? In his actions, he proved that mail-in voting could lead to voter fraud and then in order to prove that the mail-in voting could lead to voter fraud, he just did it. He just did it to prove that it wasn't conceptual. He said, listen, I'd like everyone to realize that this could lead to voter fraud. And so he did some voter fraud. All right. The big news out of Florida is that don't say gay. Uh, and to be honest, I always prefer the term uh, fudge packer. I just be like, uh, hey, quit pucking all that fudge Gary into Mike's asshole. You don't, 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 we're in school right now. Quit packing all the fudge in there. So the problem with this one is uh, I kind of feel like I'm back in school writing papers where I would like it if someone just gave me information and then I could write the joke about the information. But the problem is they don't give you the information. They're like me. The news sources, they just give you their opinion about the information. They give you what they say we're concerned this information could lead to, but they don't just give you the actual information. 
So before we get into a breakdown of what the actual information on this topic I believe to be and should be, the other thing I was thinking about, because it is about uh, education, sexual education in school, the gay stuff, what where you can put things in your butt, what kind of objects would fit in there, what kind of lube you should be using, you know, the good stuff so that you don't uh, by accidentally insert unsafe objects into your asshole. We can all agree. If you're, if you got kids out there and they're experimenting with butt stuff, you don't want them putting hamsters up there. You don't want them putting shards of glass. You want them putting things on, on leashes so it doesn't get lost in their anal cavities. We can all understand that if you got a kid might start experimenting with, with things, you know, you're thinking, Hey, I jerked off as a kid. It didn't take me all that much. Someone else, uh, spat on my hand, showed me how to do it on a school bus after school. And so, but that's jerking off. Jerking off is simple. What are you, you're, you're pulling on a piece of equipment. There's not a lot of complications going on there. When it comes to what feels good within your asshole, uh, kids can end up in some messy situations. Just ask any of your friends that work in the ER about what kind of objects they've seen stuck in people's rectums. And then you can understand that if you got a kid out there who's looking to experiment with gay stuff, you're going to want the the public schools teaching them about what should and shouldn't be going into their anal cavities. It's, it's, a, it's a very different operation. But I was just thinking, because as we, as they discuss uh, I guess, you know, sexual wellness or education in school. The one time that we ever had a class, even like along those lines, uh, was, I, I think it was fifth or sixth grade. They do the puberty class with, with that really f like funny video with the drawn on wiener and it's got the hairy balls and it tells you about how your wiener is going to change. And, you know, you, you could be jizzing soon, but the rabbi's all like it, but don't be jizzing soon. And, if the women that you used to hang out with become not cool, it's because they got blood coming out of the vaginas now. So I can't imagine that the public school education on these categories, I didn't go to public school. I went to private school. We just watched one goofy video once letting you know that you might start getting some hair on your nuts. And that when you do, that's probably a good indicator that you can start jerking off, but you shouldn't jerk off. I think that was kind of the beginning and end of what the awkward puberty day was with Rabbi Lieberman. I don't know what your puberty day looked like, but, you know, we didn't have any conversations along these lines up until about fifth grade. And it was one class where, you know, we we're a bunch of idiot boys. So we just started laughing and we got yelled at. And then, you know, I think we just continued to laugh because it was funny watching a video with penises on the boards talking about us getting nut hairs and not being allowed to jizz ourselves. All right. So you got this don't say gay down in Florida. And here's how the story should be covered. First is give me the name of the bill. Uh, and it's actually called the Parental Rights and Education Legislation which off the bat makes more sense because I understand like government propaganda and I was confused by why liberals would be a, like against a bill where you're not allowed to say gay. There was something that seemed very confusing about the title of a bill called Don't Say Gay. It just didn't sound like the way that legal documents are usually titled. And then also I understand the way that people like to sell their bills. I don't think Republicans would have a bill called Don't Say Gay. So the official name of the bill is the Parental Rights and Education Legislation. So off the bat, anytime you see an article headlined about Don't Say Gay, they're already putting a liberal spin on it because they understand propaganda. And so they won't go with the official, like there's so much of a game in what you kind of call your agency. Oh, we're just the environmental protection agency, right? Imagine if every single time they like, instead of referring to it by the government name of the environmental protection agency, uh, they called it the collusion for corporate profits, whatever. Like they're not even calling it by, cause I get it. It's a game in terms of you call your bill 
or you call your company, oh, we're just the, the here to help corporation. Uh, that's what they do. But in this case, they don't even acknowledge the actual name of it. And when they're reporting to us, they don't report to us what the name of the bill is, which of course is going to get you a little bit more alarmed to be against it when you're not even going with the name that it was given. All right. Your next question would be, well, what does it do? Like specifically, what will be changing? What is the class that they currently give in school that they will no longer be able to do in school? Like what specifically will be changing? What What is specifically on like the, what is specifically allowed in school or not even just allowed in school? If I got a kindergarten's curriculum, right? What is currently in that curriculum that will be taken out of the curriculum? I would feel like that's very important to understand what's going on here. What specifically would be changed, right? Then your next question is, how are you going to implement it? So how will this change actually take place? Are you going to remove it from the curriculum? Are you going to tell teachers that they can't put it back into the curriculum? Uh, how are you going to enforce that? Who does it affect? In this case, that one is at least defined. I believe it's uh, kindergarten uh, through third grade. And then the other ramifications, which are if you to implement some sort of a new rule, are there other th rules that like, for example, if you were to say, hey, we're making changes to the curriculum that you're not allowed to discuss this particular topic. And if you do, you, let's say, just say you will be losing your job. Is that rule written in a way that teachers can never teach something outside of the curriculum? Because if they do, then they might get fired. And so then you have like an unintended, unintended consequence of teachers feeling like their job is too rigid because they don't feel like they can educate or take any, uh, use their own logic in any capacity of what would make for a good lesson plan or what these particular students might need to know because then it opens them up for a lawsuit. So that's what I mean by what are the other ramifications? Are you creating some sort of a new law uh, that would have bad ramifications? All right. So just to recap, the most important thing, though, what specifically are you changing here? What is currently happening that you're trying to get rid of? Moving on. So this is from NPR. Clearly right now, we see a lot of focus on the transgenderism, telling kids that they may be able to pick genders and all that. I don't think parents want that for these young kids, DeSantis said on Friday. If DeSantis signs the bill into law, school teachers and staff would be prohibited from having classroom instruction about sexual orientation or gender identity with students. It would also give parents an option to sue a school district if the policy is violated. So we're still kind of left with the question, are they currently teaching this? In what way are they teaching it? Unless you're some sort of a, uh, almost trying to indoctrinate people with a liberal uh, philosophy, why is it important to be teaching any classes about this topic in kindergarten to third grade? And then why is it an issue that parents would have the option of suing a school if they think the school is doing something that is disruptive to their children or their well-being. Let's continue. So in that was, uh, this is from the same NPR article. So in terms of defending the position that the don't, don't say gay would be a detrimental bill. So they said that their safety concerned raised for LB, LGBTQ youth. Studies have shown that LGBTQ youth already face higher health and suicide risks than their cisgender or straight peers. 
But when giving access to spaces that affirm their gender identity, the group reports lower rates of suicide attempts, according to the Trevor Project. And I was just wondering, how can you have data on that? Like, I, I just didn't under, like, I'm just looking at this. I'm like, how can you possibly have data that I guess a teaching a specific class in kindergarten to third grade would lower the suicide attempts made by people? Like, we, we, I don't feel like we've been tracking this for long enough to possibly like, is there a specific class being taught in these schools that you have specific evidence with lower like suicide rates? in transgender people. And so I decided to take a look at the Trevor project. There was a lot of information there. We can, maybe we could do a deeper dive into all of the information there. I didn't want to, I was already wasting too much time reading through this thing. Uh, but in the bottom of the notes, so you find out that the study that they ran, and I'm sure that the study was probably geared towards a certain segment of individuals and the questions were asked in a certain way. And then you have other issues that they're reporting that a lot of these kids are uh, underfed, which might be a variable in these decisions. Uh, there's also that their homes aren't supportive. So between not being fed and having homes that aren't supportive of these decisions, you might already be able to account for more than, by their own numbers, for more than 50% of of why these, why people confronting transgendering. All right. But here, I, before we, this is the fucking ADD in me. I'll keep it very simple. They're trying to say that removing these classes from kindergarten to third grade might create higher suicide rates in transgendered individuals. And the story, at least that, that this NPR, or the NPA, NPR article was pointing to as evidence was a study from the Trevor Project. And this study Look at this. They studied uh, people between the ages of 13 and 24. So if you have a study uh, based on data from individuals age 13 to 24, what evidence do you have that that has anything to do with kindergartners to third graders? You're trying to say that you know for sure that if we don't teach a specific class without telling me what this specific class is for kindergartners, right? You're going to have more suicidal transgender people. And here's the evidence of that principle, except that that you're studying 13, 13 to 24. I was very different at age 13 than I was when I was a kindergartner. What evidence do you have that this study of 13 year olds is in any shape, way or form relevant to kindergartners? And then if you read through this with all the other variables there, I don't know how you firstly, you're not telling me what specifically what is this magic thing that you're teaching these kids? that is changing the culture and making it so that these kids don't want to kill themselves. And then what evidence do you even have of it? Moving on. This is going to endanger the safety of our LGBTQ students and adolescents, State Senate Annette Tadio said. We will not stop until the state moves forward and actually values everyone in it. Everyone, no matter their sexual orientation. All right, great. You found someone who can make a bold statement without any evidence. Here's some other coverage of this news story. Washington Post. The bill officially called the Parental Rights and Education Bill would prohibit Florida schools from teaching students in kindergarten through third grade about topics involving sexual orientation or gender identity. Does that sound crazy? At first, I, I don't know what classes are currently being taught. If this is also just like was a non-issue that the Republicans just passed a law. But then also, yeah, I guess that we, there's no reason for that. There's no reason for us to get, it's like when they decide whether or not you're going to take down statues in the South, I'm not that married to statues. 
if there was no class that you were teaching that was making kids feel weird, that was like when I had to watch that puberty video, but at least I guess somewhat made sense, even though it was fucking awkward. But like, imagine if like there was that style classes when you're in kindergarten. I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to fucking draw here. Like, well, I'm, 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 it's recess and drawing. I don't know why I have to feel awkward and have conversations about sexuality. Maybe there's a reason. Robsnewsroom at gmail.com. Educate me about what I'm getting wrong. It's also from the Washington Post. Lessons for older grades would have to be age appropriate, which Democrats argue it is a vague way of stifling all conversations about LGBTQ issues. Republicans play down the risk saying the legislation prevents planned lessons, but does not ban discussions between students or prevents teachers from answering specific questions from a student. Leaves you with exactly the same question of what are the planned lessons? Like I'd have to see the planned lesson and go, oh my God, this is ridiculous. Or maybe, maybe the, the lesson you walk out and you feel like a more well-rounded person with a better understanding of other individuals with greater empathy. All right. A couple more things that we'll read from a few of these articles on the topic. The measure also allows parents to sue school districts if they feel their children have received inappropriate lessons. Democrats warned of a wave of lawsuits against cash-strapped school systems. This is a direct attack on Florida's LGBTQ community, and that is not okay. Senate Minority Leader Lauren Book said during Tuesday's debate. Uh, it's funny, though, like just to have a judge trying to decide whether or not a lesson, like think about how egregious your lesson plan would have to be for a judge to sit there or a jury to sit there and go, teaching this is clearly harmful to kids. So I don't understand why you wouldn't be open to lawsuits on that because it seems like it would be impossible to prove that you did something that was specifically harmful unless what you, like, in other words, if you got up in front of a class full of kids and you actually showed like pictures of, let's say, gay porn so that people understood what being gay was. So under the current law, I, I mean, there's got to be some illegality there. I can't imagine that the school is just immune from things of that same idea. Give me the specifics. What exactly are you not allowed to sue a school for now that this would change that you would then be able to give me the examples. It's hard to explain. It's hard to understand exactly what the law you're trying to change is without giving me the specifics. All right. Two more little pieces that we'll read. This is from Archimax. They say student led discussions in the classroom that touch on sexual orientation or gender identity are allowed. For example, a student could bring up their LGBTQ parents in response to an assignment about their family tree. What's not what's not allowed are K through three lessons plans explicitly based on those themes, which Republican backers noted is currently practiced in the state. All right. DeSantis, who is seeking reelection, has backed the proposal if he signs it into law. Parents would be allowed to sue school districts or take their concerns to the State Board of Education if they believe their child's school has violated the measures provisions. Uh, all right, let's take a quick second. We got a lot of activity in the uh, in the chat. See what's going on here. All right, the social justice politics is just the political version of a crazy chick saying she'll kill herself whenever she doesn't get her way. Dirty Mike, the only thing I remember from kinderlarding is learning A, B, fucking C's. Uh, maybe they taught you a better version of that song than they did me. Kindergartens and older should be focused on learning academics and the history of our country and freedom. If they got that, they'd understand they're free to be what they want, as is everyone else. I like that. I'm okay with that. And then we got Dr. Scotty Jones predicting what might have been. All right. So this was, I was going to make this joke until SNL did. And then I, that was my indicator of the fact, oh, not a great joke. Uh, but here was Kate McKinnon talking about the don't say gay, gay bill. 
Well, this week, Florida's controversial Don't Say Gay bill passed its final state Senate committee. Here to comment is Kate McKinnon. Yeah, I'm sorry to barge in here like out of costume. I just, I heard about this law and I, I think it's amazing. Oh, you, you, you do? Yeah, because, you know, when I was in middle school in the 90s, I was some, <laughs> I was kind of like tortured by the constant use of the word gay. Like, you know, that's so gay or ew, you're gay. It just, it made me feel horrible. And to hear that Ron DeSantis has has taken a stand and said, no, you cannot say gay in school anymore. I'm just like, I'm so jazzed. And in Florida, of all places. I mean... Yeah. Yeah. So, so just first piece of in misinformation, it's not actually the don't say gay bill. The Democrats categorized it as the don't say gay bill, which, yes, doesn't make sense. And then opens up for this joke of why would like, isn't that a good thing that they don't want us using the word gay? But it's a false premise because it's not actually called the don't say gay bill. Now, let's hear Colin Joss respond. So, so actually, I feel like there's been a misunderstanding. See, the law actually means that you can't acknowledge that gay exists at all. Which also, I don't think that is the law. They're saying that if it comes up, you can't go, oh, we don't talk about that here, or we're not going to talk about that here. You just can't have lesson plans about it. Uh, so there you go. That That's comedy, the highest form right there, where you just get the information wrong. <laughs> What? Yeah, yeah, like teachers can't speak about gay people in history or if a kid has a gay family member. What? Moving on. Well, this week, Florida's controversial don't say... Now, this was odd, but Andy Cohen, I actually thought, had a decent take on this. I was reading Andy Cohen, and I was like, uh, this is from The Week. And I was like, you know what? This is actually somewhat uh, insightful. I'm going to read it. To Florida Republicans, you're pretending to solve a problem that doesn't exist, Cohen said. There's not a mass conspiracy of kindergarten teachers who are plotting to teach children to be gay. This is one big dog whistle. You're scaring people into spewing hate and discrimination at the LGBTQ community. I'll pause here. He could be right. Like I said, without knowing specifically what was being done that now isn't being done, maybe this is symbolic, like when they have conversations about statues in and out of schools, or maybe this is like when they were trying to pretend that critical race theory wasn't a thing and wasn't being taught and that this was just the Republicans trying to get us worked up. So in terms of the first part of Andy Cohen's argument, he may or may not be right. Without the specifics, it's hard to evaluate. Let's continue. Cohen added, that as a gay parent, I'm concerned about whether the deliberately vague language in the hateful bill leaves room for it to be interpreted to mean his son wouldn't be allowed to talk with his teacher about his gay dad. He also slammed Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, press secretary, for claiming that anyone who opposes this bill is probably a groomer. Cohen shot back. You can't groom one to be uh, gay. You're born gay. Now, that was funny because the Republicans, they play the same game where they try and go to the extremes. And so they went, hey, anyone against this, it wasn't actually grooming to be gay. I think it was a groomer comment about uh, pedophiles. Uh, but OK, moving on. Cohen concluded his passionate rant against the bill by saying, I thought the whole point of sending our kids to school was to educate them and prepare them for the real world. Well, newsflash, the real world has gay people in it. 
It has people of all different gender identities. You can draft all the homophobic and transphobic bills you want. You're not going to erase us. I just wonder how many children and families need to suffer before our politicians figure it out. Now, all right, he's being a little, uh, I don't know the word for it here, but maybe it'll go a little bit extreme when he says that people are going to suffer. I I think I'm just going to, I'm just going to pull this to a conclusion. He could be right here. It, it could be that kids now live in a world where you're going to have some gay parents. And so maybe when you're a kindergarten kid and you've got conservative parents and you go to school, you're a little bit confused why Billy's got two dads. And maybe there is some sort of a, uh, a class at some juncture in time that makes sense to address it. So without the specifics here, because no one reports on it as to what specifically was being done that is going to be changed, it's impossible to evaluate. So don't you guys feel good? I hope you guys feel good because this was the frustration I spent for four hours trying to sift through this thing. Uh, and I hope you guys enjoyed this ride of 30 minutes when you're like, yes, you're right. We don't have the information to evaluate it, which brings us to the final solution uh, which is buy more women. Uh, and I know that that's unrelated to specifically uh, the issue of whether or not kids should be taught gay stuff in school. Uh, but before I address as to how this would solve the problem, why not say plug yokratum.com, home of the $60 kilo, where you know you won't care what your kids are being taught in school because you'll just feel like you're super cool and cool, calm, collected, and in control all the time if you uh, got yourself a whole kilo of kratom, which is a supply that could last you. I don't even know how long a kratom would last you. I do know that I like my kratoms. I take the occasional pill of train wreck. This is only for kids over the age of 21, uh, but I don't know how long it would take you to go through an entire uh, 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 kilo. I don't know. All right, enduro any. Why do we need laws of any kind that are intended to stop people from being assholes? We'll be writing laws internally if that's what they're meant for. Uh, that's actually, that's a, I think that's a fair point of view. I'm tired. Let's move on. Dirty Mike. We know the world world has gay people. If you judge the world by what you see on TV, you think half the country was gay instead of the 7% that it actually is. And Duro and E, maybe Billy's two dads should explain to him what that means so he doesn't get confused or whatever in school. Whether he learns, uh, when he learns that's abnormal, it all comes back to the responsibility of the parents. All right, so here's my solution of why people need to uh, start going to third world countries and uh, buying themselves uh, some more women. Uh, so there was this article in the Daily Mail about this lady who escaped from uh, from Saudi Arabia. You look at this picture of her here. I, I hope she's overage before I even say this kind of frumpy. And then you look at the next picture once she was imported to America and you got like a Kim Kardashian type thing. Now it's not, it's not my jam. I don't look at that. That's not, that's not what I'm looking for in a lady, but there's plenty of people out there. They're looking for a lady. And so here's what I'm thinking. If all of a sudden men start importing more and more poor women from third world countries and then bringing them here and then they turn super hot, maybe people over here will realize, oh, there's cool people over there. And then we'll stop fighting with one another. You see? You didn't think that that was going to actually pull itself into a nice idea or a good solution, but it did. You import more chicks and then maybe women here, they become, or maybe women over here, they import husbands too. Maybe that should be like the new thing. You you just, we need more. We need to encourage the buying of like Ukrainian and Russian brides and all these people so that you can go, hey, look at this lady I got from that country. And then one goes, Jesus Christ, I didn't realize there were so many hot people in that country. Why are we at war over there? Why are we ruining it? Think about how many more hot people could be over there. And then think about the way we could balance things out. It's like if I married some really tall chick with a really great head of hair, then I could have kids. And maybe she was dumb. Maybe she was dumb and calm. And I'm smart and fucking not calm. 
and then we procreate and then we have like normal kids, right? So maybe it's the same thing. You take these people from shitty countries who are really good looking, you pair them up with people who live in our country who are really fucking ugly. And then the next thing you know, you got normal looking kids who are living in like a decent country. I feel like I'm onto something there. All right. That's the end of today's episode. Uh, take a couple more comments and then, uh, that's it for today. Nice to be back. I feel like we started off. I was a little bit rusty getting back into a groove and I'm going to get headphones soon enough. So I don't have to be this fucking yelly. All right. Omega Supreme with cheese, plenty of Ukraine models and search for a home. Now that's what I'm saying, dude, dirty Mike. Wow. I like a big ass, but not like that. All right. Enduro and USA number one import of these hoes. There you go. Omega Supreme with cheese shop now while supplies last. Uh, yeah. Before, before Russia bombs them all, Josh, we never learned in school what it's like to come from a single parent home. Uh, yeah, they never do a class where they're like, Hey, listen, that mom made a really bad decision and now she's stuck with these kids and who knows where dad is. Cause he was a deadbeat doesn't seem like it's as important as teaching math and science. All right. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, probably back tomorrow morning and you know, back at it, back in the groove later dudes.